0: You are now listening to Home Care On Air, brought to you by Care Academy. Strap in as we dive headfirst into the future of home care and the issues, challenges, and opportunities facing home care operators in a post-pandemic world. Welcome. My name is Aaron Dunn, SVP of Marketing for Care Academy, the industry's leading provider of care enablement solutions designed to manage your agency's training and compliance requirements. In today's episode, we're talking with Care Academy founder and CEO, Helen Adioson, specifically about her outlook for 2022 and the themes we are exploring as a company. With so much talk about supporting direct care workers and family caregivers across the industry and in the halls of the federal government, this is a momentous time for all of us. Helen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Aaron, for having me. I'm really excited. Um, happy New Year. Uh, there's there's a ton to talk about and I'm super excited to talk about it.
0: So, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, I, I think that... Um, I'd love your perspective. I mean, it feels like we're in a bit of a meaningful moment here. Do you agree with that?
1: I absolutely do. I think this is a, a pretty meaningful moment and it's gratifying that we're finally talking um, definitely not just as an industry, but really as a community at large about the role of caregivers and the important role that they play um, throughout healthcare, right? Um, one of my favorite articles, and I'll allude to it a lot, you know, just in terms of my thoughts about how uh, education really shows up um, in this moment, but really it frames that home health aids. Folks who are caregivers are essential to healthcare. You know, particularly as care moves into the home and community-based services, that's increasingly true. There were already really clear industry signals in this direction pre-pandemic, right? And we've acknowledged them several times. I think the last time I was back on the show, uh, last time I was on the show, when we talked about some of those things, and then really COVID accelerated the demand for healthcare in the home. Um, everything from home health to health telehealth to you know what we were calling the hospital and the home opportunities and, and that's placing enormous pressure on our community of caregivers, right? And and but herein lies the challenge and the opportunity. The challenge is that we need to broaden our outlook on who is doing healthcare and really and the opportunity um, really lies in empowering them with the right skills and the right tool sets.
0: Yeah. I think that oftentimes when we see this kind of a massive industry shift and, you know, regardless of whether or not the pandemic caused it or accelerated it, I think we're all feeling like it was an acceleration point. Um, but, you know, usually technology leads, right? We see, you know, a whole bunch of companies coming to the fore, investments being made, in, and and we're seeing all of the headlines today about, uh, about you know, investments being made in, in, in new technology. But, how do we also focus that innovation to support the people who are who are really delivering that care? Um, you know, I love your perspective as we look ahead to 2022 about the kinds of innovations that you know we could be seeing to address the people side of that equation. that's
1: right. That's right. I think sometimes in um, healthcare technology, um, this industry that we're so really intimately familiar with, we forget that you know, the folks who are not only being provided the care are people, but the folks who are providing care are also people, right? And so, you know, I think that increasingly 2022 will be an outlook on taking a really people first and driven approach in terms of how we really leverage health care and better health care and quality health care, we really strongly believe that delivering high-quality health care starts with high-quality education. That's across the entirety of the long-term care continuum. Our professional direct care workers, our family caregivers, everyone who works with a patient, Must have access to the educational supports necessary uh, in order for them to provide care, right? And whether or not we're educating or preparing folks, we have to acknowledge that everyone has a very indelible touch on patients, on um, family members, and on their outcomes. And I really believe that, you know, education, when you think about it in those stark terms, is a true health intervention, right? So education is is absolutely a health intervention and will emerge increasingly as a health intervention in the moment that we're in.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting way to phrase it, Helen. Tell us a little bit more about what that means and how we should be thinking about education in the context of a health intervention.
1: Absolutely. I think about it multiple ways. And, you know, I spent a lot of time between eggnog and uh, the, 30, <laughs> the 31st uh, thinking and, and and really sort of clarifying thoughts around this, but it means that, you know, as we've mentioned, it's not only the direct care worker, it's the family caregiver, it's this entirety of the circle of care. It also means you have the traditional providers as well um, that are all accessing tools that give them insight into the needs of uh, either the fit patient or the family member. You know, one of the things we have to re- also remember as part of this sort of Healthcare um, circle of care is that everyone refers to the patient in different ways. So whether that's a loved one or a patient, it's giving folks access to tools that allow for them to show up powerfully uh, to help manage the care of that loved one, of that family member. Um, So often now we focus on uh, a lot of care coordination. You absolutely need that. And I'm so excited about the, the Um, development of care coordination tools, but we should take that a step further, right? Beyond just sort of coordinating of care, how are we helping to really manage care? Often we find out that the missing link for many caregivers and what we hear over and over again from both direct care workers and family caregivers is that, you know, they're increasingly needing tools to not only coordinate care, but also to, to to really sort of educate them on how to provide care.
0: I think it's really interesting that you're bringing the concept of the family caregiver here, Helen. I think, you know, so often, um, and particularly in our work, we focused on the professional caregiver, um, and, and but we're really seeing, uh, and I think what you're calling attention to is the need to think about the caregiving continuum more broadly than just the professional direct care worker, but also including the family caregiver.
1: That's right. I I, I absolutely want to highlight that because I think we also um, traditionally have talked about this in sort of either or terms. When we talk about caregivers, I think a lot of folks, um, one, we find out from industry reports, people don't identify necessarily as caregivers, right? Um, I am on the board of an organization, an amazing organization called the Caregiver Action Network. Um, And very often, you know, we're finding that in different cultures, Um, across sort of different segments of the population, people may not even use that term. But if we think about caregivers at large, it's a whole span and an ever-increasing universe um, that includes home health aides, that includes family caregivers. Um, Even if they don't identify as such, it includes also community health workers. And I think that in order to have the most impactful effect on the lives of patients. We have to imagine that whole community and universe of what caregivers can mean.
0: Which then leads us to the challenge of data, right? So right. how That's do right. we do that?
1: Yes. You know, I, it, it also means that in this, you know, world that we're imagining, this expanding universe, it's providing the tools and also the measures um, it, it's proving out something that we actually, we absolutely believe, will be critical in terms of supporting the needs of caregivers, um, and will be impactful for uh, the folks that they're caring for. There's a profound lack of data in the home care industry, and it's something that you know we've internally at Care Academy called it's a data desert. Right? I, I I'm a huge Star Trek. Ben, so I'm going to utilize um, a lot of sort of analogies in Star Trek, but I, I really think that we are, as a home care industry, the final frontier of where data emerges or needs to emerge on behalf of the patient to really improve health outcomes, right? And so when we think about the, the circle of care that includes the consumer, it includes their loved one, it includes those professional direct care workers and a a whole host of flavors that we're seeing, it means being able to provide the tools that also provide feedback loops on behalf of the patient and with every single person involved in the care circle in mind, right? Um, You know, we absolutely believe in the power of caregivers and the tools that empower them need to fit directly into their lives. I've talked about this just earlier on, but really taking a caregiver-centric approach to building real tools that offer real feedback, that offer real-time assessment, as well as data gathering and feedback for everyone else who's a part of the circle of care, right? That's what education and those tools need to show up as on behalf of that circle of care.
0: Yeah, so you touched on that there, um, but let's talk a little bit more about where education plays a role here.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, we are a, a healthcare education intervention, and we believe that quality education enables quality care. If you do it right, and we're really excited about the ways that we imagine doing education, you know, through our work in this industry, we've identified a massive need, not just to educate direct care workers, but to also measure and connect that education directly to healthcare outcomes, right? When you asked me the question earlier about how do tools show up, it is about creating feedback loops. That is something that we're genuinely excited about. Like much of healthcare, home care suffers from a lack of systems and processes and technologies to really enable efficiency. So thinking about ways in which we build education to be proactive as well as reactive, I think is something that we absolutely are um, excited about that needs to become the standard within home care. Care Academy comes in as the first resource to take someone as an applicant who is just getting started in caregiving. And we've had a number of initiatives around getting people started within home care and being able to provide them with not only the training required, but also curating what their state or municipality needs to to upskill them. So we think that that's a really powerful way to curate education. It's a powerful way to be proactive as well as reactive to the needs of caregivers. And we've already you know, got a, a really great start in doing that. And we're thinking about ways at Care Academy that we can expand that universe even more.
0: Yeah, I think that the um, when you think about the volume of caregivers that are that are needed um, as conditions increase and what's being addressed in the home, and being able to deliver not just general caregiving support but specific caregiving support for the, maybe the type of disease condition or acuity, um, uh, it seems like that uh, is increasing as more and more care moves outside the four walls of the hospital into the into the community.
1: That's absolutely right. I, um, you know, I think about the research of someone I'm deeply inspired by, and I have, you know, a lot of folks in this in this world that I'm, I'm really inspired by. Um, that's Dr. Madeline Sterling. She's done tremendous work as not only a clinician but also a researcher, really understanding how um, within that circle of care, direct care workers, uh, family caregivers are often overlooked and are also an opportunity to really provide hands-on, eyes-on, direct interventions on behalf of patients. She's done a lot of work. She shows up and she's a cardiologist and um, she published an article, um, a qualitative research study um, with the American Heart Association, just on how home care workers who've been trained in heart failure are more satisfied with their jobs and feel prepared and confident to work with heart failure patients. And I want to step back from that, right? When you teach a caregiver or a family member, not only generally, oh, you need to go ahead and care for this person, but you say what that needs to look like and why. For instance, in the study, she called out the fact that, you know, with a community health worker or a, a home health aide, one of the things that they needed to recognize is not feeding patients with Cardiac heart failure, high sodium diets, right? That one bit of learning can translate to tremendous outcomes on behalf of the patient, right? And I, I recognize Dr. Sterling as being, you know, one of the foremost experts to advance the idea that those small interventions on the day-to-day level make such a huge impact as to whether or not someone will readmit back to the hospital, right? And that's that's huge. So I think we have an opportunity as an industry to continue to expand that universe um, beyond heart failure, looking at other ways in which we provide training and certification to direct care workers and family caregivers on those condition-based training, condition-specific training, to have more of a, a, an impact or a difference in terms of real health outcomes on behalf of patients and loved ones.
0: Yeah, and it, I, I know we've done a lot of work and I know the industry is really focused on dementia care. Um, and I think, um, you know, that sort of level of, of specialized education, but what you're talking about is actually even going broader than that. Um, it obviously, you obviously know, uh, heart conditions and um, it sort of opens up a whole new, you know, Avenue here, I think. Correct.
1: Absolutely. It opens up a whole new Avenue in that um, while, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I want to underscore it that, uh, dementia training—we still haven't, you know, sort of really scratched the surface around that. We want to go deeper. There are a number of other conditions that are emerging. That just going as simply as managing, you know, uh, diets, managing and having observations that can translate back to the circle of care—that it would have tremendous impact, right? And so, I think um, Alzheimer's and dementia training is absolutely the first step. But then, when you start looking at other conditions, what We've thought about a Care Academy are ways in which you can do that, right? And, and expand that universe. So our vision is that when the entire circle of care has access to that specialized education, they can offer that data back. And ultimately, by doing this, we're mitigating the risks, we're reducing really healthcare costs, and potentially improving the quality of care, right? And doing that with data-driven approaches. Ultimately, it's so it's a win-win-win, right? We talk about this reimbursement story that's emerging on behalf of long-term care supports. That data and that impact will fundamentally matter, right? And it starts with providing access to those tools and that training, including um, expanded an expanded universe of condition-based supports.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really important as, as we as we go forward and, and think about how we connect all these things together. But you know where are we today as it relates to, uh, you know, education and helping bridging the gaps in that knowledge? Um, you know, do we have the data needed to, um, you know, to, to 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 connect that to health outcomes? You know, where do we stand today?
1: We are on the ground floor, right? Um, you know, if you have any sort of love for Oregon Trail, this is a, you know, an old school video game. We are definitely Pioneering, right? We are again, as I mentioned, like we're 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 in the final frontier, but this is very much still frontier territory. Um, there's a need to provide and think through the the that throughput. One, empowering and enabling that caregiver, elevating the caregiver. Um, the very reason that I started this company was around the idea that I saw firsthand the impacts of a well-prepared of a professional direct care worker and imagine having that power leveraged in the millions of folks who provide care at some point in their lives or are professional caregivers themselves. And you know, as we're t- talking about a world where we've got an ever-increasing number of people who are aging who want to remain um, in their homes, right? we're currently around 60 million in the next couple of years, we're seeing 80 million, just the math of it all presents a challenge. We don't have enough capacity um, within the workforce um, alone to um, meet the needs of, of, of of those uh, patients and of those older adults. There's a tremendous opportunity to do that. And we think that starts in communities and, and with family members. Right. And so um, I want to make sure that this industry thinks forward about providing the tools to enable, you know, the the caregivers, millions of caregivers who are doing the work now, bringing in new caregivers in order to expand opportunity and really thinking about ways that we engage in order to meaningfully provide an impact for the healthcare of loved ones all over the world.
0: Yeah, it seems like. Um, The demand for, you know, care in the home is skyrocketing, as as you noted, Um, and we've certainly, we've published and we've certainly seen other studies that suggest, you know, the volume of new caregivers that need to enter the market. Do you think... You know, are people coming around? You mentioned earlier, um, you know, some of the programs that we've run to, you know, to bring people, you know, into the industry, um, you know, you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> do you feel like we've turned a corner here? Do we feel like, do you feel like people are sort of starting to come to this industry and and and, and recognize, you know, the, the mission and the opportunity?
1: I, I definitely think so, right? And I think it's just to the, some of the, the bullet points I ha- highlighted earlier, I don't think we have a choice, right? We are in the middle of an imperative where you know, we talk about the importance of caregiving and it's relatively unseen work. Now we have no choice to unsee it, right? It is directly in front of us, either as family caregivers ourselves. I can't tell you, you know, anecdotally over the course of the the last couple of years, the drumbeat of talking with different stakeholders involved with care academy and folks who are increasingly seeing themselves in a position of of being a primary caregiver, right, where they're interfacing with direct care workers, where they're interfacing with the healthcare system on behalf of a loved one. So it is the unseen work that we cannot unsee anymore. There's an imperative that's emerging, and that's showing up in public policy. It's showing up in terms of how we think about expanded healthcare opportunities and who does healthcare. And so I think the tide is turning and you know COVID has definitely accelerated that. But I think, you know, in this challenge herein lies a very big opportunity. And I'm really excited that Care Academy gets the opportunity to lean into that opportunity and and lead from the front.
0: I, I really love what you just said there. And I really want to kind of come back to that. The unseen work that we can't unsee anymore. Like that's a really powerful statement how has that shaped for you? And as you think about Care Academy, but also your work in the industry, like you know, this is, this is your life's work. This is your passion. And, and we're happy to share that with you. Um, how do you think that manifests itself in 2022 as we, as we move, hopefully past pandemic into what people are now calling endemic yeah. uh, doesn't feel that way today, but yeah. you know it feels like maybe we're getting there. Like, how does that, how does that manifest itself going forward? Yeah.
1: I love that double meaning, right? It's endemic in that we hope the pandemic is ending, but it's also endemic in that, you know, from a scientific perspective, the COVID is just COVID and we live with it, right? Um, so wonderful double meaning there. I'm going to use that, Erin. Um, I, I, you know, I'm really, really excited in that there's, I'm always very optimistic about the world and I just got off a telehealth call with my doctor today, and I I remembered thinking to myself at the end of that call, I'm like, this is not not going away, right? He likes this, I like this, right? And I think that this pandemic has a lot of lessons that um, we also can't unsee. Um, And I think as part of this workforce, it's imagining very creatively thinking outside of the box, which actually ties back to one of Care Academy's themes this year, of how we do healthcare. And um, healthcare is is, you know, I, I don't think anyone's gonna take offense to it or, or think that I'm sort of speaking out of turn, but it's very slow and has traditionally been very slow to catch up. And I'm excited about the paradigm shifts that have occurred that we also cannot go back to the way things were in 2019. So really excited for for that moving forward in terms of my own work. It's a wonderful wave to sort of ride on um, and advocate for, um, and it's great to n- see that we're not doing that alone anymore. There are a lot of folks who are also focused on this kind of work.
0: Yeah, the genie's out of the bottle. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> Maybe it would have taken longer to get here, but you know, <laughs> we're here and we're you yes. know we're in it and we're in, and we're loving it. Um, Absolutely. So um, you know, as we begin to kind of wrap up today's uh, today's session. Um, You know, maybe I could ask for you to share kind of maybe one one wish. You know, for 2022, as we're as we meet again. You know, this time, you know, next year, um, or as we're starting to close out the year, what would you have hoped um, we've achieved as an industry uh, for the year?
1: Yeah, I I have a couple wishes. It's like (laughs) that question (laughs) and I roll out the the list there. Um, One, you know, looking at ways in which we formally recognize direct care workers, I. My, my In a former life, I, you know, I've worked in policy, and we saw this happen with nurses over the course of the last 100 years, right? Nurses were not sort of recognized as a vital part of the healthcare system, and now we're at the point that we're applauding nurses over the last two or three years in terms of the work that they've been doing vitally. And I think direct care workers show up as frontline workers to make healthcare happen in the home. Um, and so, looking for ways in which, from a policy perspective, from an advocacy perspective, we are—you know—we're showing up as a as a nation and a world that recognizes the importance of of caregivers, and that means in not only sort of you know the 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 recognition there, but in terms of the policy as well as um, you know thinking about that career laddering, right? We've we've. Beat this drum within Care Academy will continue to definitely beat this drum, but having more formal recognition of those career ladders and that this is a career that ties itself directly into healthcare. The second one, the second wish, right, um, would be around providing more supports for family caregivers that meet their needs where they are. I think that, you know, we haven't really scratched the surface. I think we're getting to a better place where we're directly connecting family caregivers with supports when they need it, as they need it. Um, it's something that we're super excited about and we want to see more of. And I want to see more of is as um, we are in the endemic, as you called it.
0: Yeah, I wish I could take credit for calling it an endemic, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but we'll, we'll take credit for the double meeting. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is great, Helen. I really appreciate uh, your insights and, and, your, and your time. And thank you so much for joining us today. Um, any last words for our audience?
1: Uh, I am super excited for 2022. Happy New Year, um, I still can say that as of this recording. And I really look forward to you know, the excitement that should be generated out of the challenge and opportunity of elevating caregivers and, and, and bringing them closer to healthcare. And I really am excited to work with folks who are listening because I see you all as partners. So uh, thank you so much.
0: And that closes today's podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to you, our listeners. Please visit www.careacademy.com to learn more. Be sure to subscribe for future updates wherever you get your podcasts and five-star reviews are always appreciated.